0: It is time for us to put our final touches on the Miami Dolphins game plan to defeat the Washington Commanders on Sunday to push the Dolphins to 9-3 and three this season.
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Oh, may. welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers. Because it is your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase on last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Let's talk finishing touches on Dolphins Commanders Week 13 at FedEx Field. I'm looking forward to going, and I'm using Game Time to get my tickets. Uh, the weather forecast. For Miami, the last that we had seen was potentially some showers, but a high of 59 degrees, uh, not a lot of wind. So you may deal with a little bit of wetness. It sounds like the majority of the the inclement weather will be passing through on Saturday night. Uh, so nothing that should be overly detrimental to Miami's aspirations, especially when you consider the talented valiance that the Dolphins are perceived to have on both sides of the football in the trenches. So... I don't think there's anything that that's going to dramatically skew uh, your your outlook for the Dolphins in this week. Uh, but one thing that may skew the outlook this week is health and availability. We have about one third of the entire Dolphins' fifty-three man roster on the injury report, <laughs> as things currently stand. Uh, but one thing that I would say is this: the, the procedures for injury reports. Any player that receives any treatment for any ailment goes on the injury report as a no, know, a, a designation and the Dolphins, they have been very deliberate all season long about not overdoing it. Not they've been very workload management cognizant. And I think that was kind of alluded to when, when Robert Hunt spoke recently and he said, you know, I dressed last week. I feel good. Um, kind of a bummer to dress and not play, but we're playing it safe, right? Like playing it safe feels like it has been the Dolphins personnel approach all season long. There were four non-participants on Wednesday, and that became two non-participants on Thursday. We'll see what Friday brings. I'm recording. It's about 10 a.m. So uh, the two non-participants on both days are Javon Holland and Kendall Lamb. It's not a great two players to not be participating through two days. Javon Holland's listed as knees multiple. He, of course, left that game early against the Jets uh, with uh, a rough collision over the middle of the field. Kind of looks scary, put his head down, thought it might be a stinger. Turns out knees is what he's being treated for. Uh, but there hasn't really, Javon Holland in, in his uh, buildup throughout the course of the week, you, you wouldn't get an inclination if you're following along with Javon that, that he's in like actively injured. So we'll see if Friday brings a limited participation for Javon Holland. What I would also say is this. um, Even if he is a limited participant, the way that the Dolphins have handled a lot of this stuff all season long, it would not surprise me if you played without Javon. It's just kind of how they've handled everything. Now, Kendall Lamb, uh, they alluded to Kendall Lamb before this game against um, their most recent opponent, the New York Jets, that he kind of had a back issue that tightened up a little bit on him. uh, Ended up having to play due to the Austin Jackson ejection, and he performed admirably well. Uh, so is this a matter of we stressed him while dealing with an issue where we wouldn't have wanted to. So now we want to buy him as much rest as possible. I don't know. Uh, You had non-participants with Tyree kill and Raheem Mostert. Those two did not participate on Wednesday. They were limited participants on Thursday expectations there that those guys will be fine. The other thing to watch on the injury report, you have a couple players with limited participation in account of illness, including one, who was not a participant or was not listed on the injury report on Wednesday and was added for an illness on Thursday. The common theme here this is the offensive line room. You had Connor Williams, been a, been a limited participant in both days of practice in accordance with illness. Lester Cotton was added to the injury report on Thursday for illness as a limited participant. So uh, you'd like to think those guys will probably be clear, but your concern would be, if there is some kind of illness that's working its way through the team, uh, nipping that thing in the bud quickly enough that nobody wakes up Sunday morning and is under the weather and can't go, or they they are severely compromised and, and their play dramatically suffers because they they play sick. So from an, a health and availability standpoint, that's kind of where we're at. The, the two players that are on red alert are Javon Holland and Kendall Lamb. Now, Teron Armstead, Mike McDaniel alluded to that as a week-to-week practice. Teron Armstead came out on social media and acknowledged, I believe it was Omar Kelly, uh, observation about his level of play and said it wasn't the standard. I got to work hard and be ready to go this week. Um, Mike McDaniel alluded to that being something where Teron wants to play and Mike wants to protect the player in certain cases, so they're going to have to work on a compromise there. Not saying Teron Armstead's a shoe-in to play by any means. I would expect you get Devon H.M. back. Uh, which will be helpful. Uh, We may get Chase Claypool back. Depends on the numbers. I'd expect you get Robert Hunt back. He's still listed with hamstring as limited participant. And then there's a number of guys that have kind of worked with it uh, throughout the course of the season. Like Alec ingold has been dealing with a thing. He's been a limited participant. You'd expect he's going to play. Blake Ferguson with an ankle. Tyreek Hill obviously sprained the ankle or twisted the ankle or whatever it was. Uh, on that first possession as the Jets played the rest of the game up to a limit of participant. He's been an absolute warrior all season long. So just from a personnel perspective, I think the biggest possible domino that you could have off of what we know in the injury report right now would be Javon Holland not playing and, and how that would change you on the back end. Um, you'd have presumably Brandon Jones step up into that role. He did that when Javon was in... Uh, not in position to play a game earlier this season. The domino effect there, I feel a little bit better about uh, the last time they had to do it. But at the same time, anytime you have a player of that capacity, if he's not on the field, um, you do run the risk of having communication breakdowns because they're the quarterback. Joe Casper just referred to Javon Holland as the quarterback of their defense. Um, it could lead to maybe a little bit just more casual conservatism with, with how they're calling on the back end. If, if Javon doesn't go, but by and large, in spite of the large number on the injury report, feel pretty good about what they have. Uh, obviously the Jalen Phillips injury, he's on injured reserve at this point, that one looms large. That one's not going to be easy to forget, especially if you watched hard knocks. Uh, but, you're expecting Andrew Van Ginkel, Emmanuel Agua to step up into that role. We heard from Vic Fangio yesterday. He alluded as such. Uh, it sounds like Jason Pierre Paul is going to work almost exclusively in the nickel package as he's getting up to speed here for the Dolphins. So, personnel wise, kind of, I, I would expect the usual suspects to be on the table. The one that I'm watching closely, I guess you could watch left tackle in general uh, with the the Toronto Armstead slash Kendall Lamb outstanding issues in Javon Holland at safety. Uh, How does that impact what this this Dolphins team is able to do? That's our next subject of discussion here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. As the weather cools down, the NFL offers stay hot over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So if you think the Dolphins are going to win in Washington on Sunday, you can put $5 down on FanDuel, and if the Dolphins win the game, you get $150 in bonus bets back. So if you like good ROI, FanDuel's got a little something-something for you over there. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There is a wide range of betting options that include the spreads. The Dolphins still sitting at about nine and a half point favorites in this game. Player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com/slash locked on. That's homechef.com/slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com/slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: I don't think either Javon Holland or potentially Keon Smith being your left tackle changes too much uh, for the outlook of this this game. I think. Having Robert Hunt back would be very helpful for the strength of the interior, but this is a defense that you perceive to be soft on the edges after trading Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Having linebackers that struggle with processing misdirection and motion and shifts in real time, and you have a relatively inexperienced safety. And and doing the crossover show yesterday with David Harrison and David saying, well, with, with Ron... We're expecting, you know, zone and maybe a little bit more blitzing. Great. Music to our ears. Uh, because Tui Tagovailoa is one of the better performing quarterbacks this season against the Blitz. Uh, and if you're going to play zone, that allows so much of this Dolphins offensive timing in the passing game to allow you to uh, rip these whole shots in zone coverage. So if you want to get back to uh, that glance, or that drift eight, whatever you want to call that post route that that's almost at times it's, it's just finding and feeling space. And you want to work ball handling and you want to read through the first level defender, whether that's an RPO or play action passing or, or whatever, uh, the, the specified call calls for, but if Tua Tonga Valoa is going to put the ball in the running back's belly and he's going to read through the end man on the line of scrimmage and feel half field spacing, which is what it feels like. So many of that, uh, drift eight or glance with the wheel and the flat, uh, the RPO concept, we haven't seen as much of it this year versus last year, but with the uh, processing of the Washington linebackers, if they're going to play zone and even if they're going to blitz you, you know, you, you're going to stick the ball in the running back's belly and you're going to see everything that's happening on this side and you can process that in real time. I don't trust the Washington secondary to be able to uh, overlap zones and take away those routes. So I think you could see some of the classic hits of this Mike McDaniel passing offense uh, this week. I expect to see a lot of the inbreakers, the the deep ends, uh, the crossing routes, you get the play action pass going with the cross and the deep corner Over the top of it, I think those routine staples you haven't seen as much of the last few weeks. You play the Patriots, obviously Bill Belichick with his defensive prowess. Uh, You play the Chiefs, and they have the personnel to really kind of get you off your script. I thought the last two weeks they've been very safe in protection, and that's yielded some quicker timing type stuff. I think you can probably get a little greedy this week. Uh, and don't overdo it, but you can be a little bit more assertive to push the ball more in this game than I think you had the last three games. So I'm looking to get some outside run going. I want my wide receivers getting on this that crack toss. And then I want to take that, and I want to expand upon that, and I want to get that play-action pass and really rolling with that middle-of-the-field passing game between 15 and 25 yards downfield. Like I think that's your hits offensively for Miami in this game. Defensively, defensively, uh, I wouldn't feel too stressed to play your base front. Uh, I think you can really live in nickel. It gives you an opportunity if you are going to trust Jason Pierre-Paul to have him be a rotational guy who gets in on maybe some third and obviouses. Um, but Washington, their tight end group, is not one of the strengths of the team. Between Bates and Logan Thomas, it's just not an overly imposing group. Now, there's some big bodies there, but I don't think they're going to – Beat your teeth in on the edge if they run 11 personnel. And you obviously want to be able to match uh, with Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, and Terry McLaurin. So I think this is a very heavy nickel week. So what your implementation looks like for Raekwon Davis? Uh, I, I think maybe this may be a little bit lower snap count game for him just because, again, even without Jalen Phillips, if you lined up and you went big on big on Washington's offensive line versus Miami's defensive front, I would expect every defensive lineman to individually win the one-on-one matchups. That's my expectation. Now, they, they have a couple viable players on that front that, that have had successful NFL careers, Andrew Wiley being one. But Andrew Wiley, if you're telling me he's going to be setting against Andrew Van Ginkle, I think Van Ginkle's juice really tests and strains him. Uh, I think Bradley Chubb's explosiveness and power combination is a big time problem for Charles Leno, and the interior guys. I don't, I don't think they could block him at all. So I think you really have a chance to collapse and push the pocket. I don't know that I would necessarily get too exotic with the games and twists and gap exchanges up front because of how slippery Sam Howell is. I do feel that that maybe opens the door for him to pop out the back door, or out a side door of the pocket, and get outside the pocket and extend some things and allow him to to hit bigger plays. I would want to take these guys, and I would run a railroad them railroad back into the lap of Sam Howell. He's not a bigger guy. He's a shorter quarterback, six one. You get guys in his lap, and he's got to throw around them. It's going to impact him even more because he can't throw up and around. He's got to really compensate to throw around bodies in his lap. So I want to compress and squeeze the pocket, and then I want to use the athleticism of my guys on the edge to chase him down if he flushes. But if he flushes the pocket, I want him out the sides. Don't want Sam Howell getting a chance to step up in the pocket and then get out the A or the B gap if you lose contain because you're trying to disengage and get off the block and make the sack. Compress and squeeze, keep him in the pocket, force him to throw from constricted pockets with consistency as a smaller stature quarterback. That's what I would want to do. Now, Vic, with his his simulated pressures and bringing four, but somebody coming from depth, if you want to manufacture the the uh, matchup with somebody against the running back or potentially manufacture a, a protection bust, all that should be on the table. I think the Dolphins, with their zones uh, and their their zone match defenses, they are going to be in good position. Um, and, and I would trust Cater Kohu against any comer. You know, he had himself probably his best performance against the Jets. Uh, but his last two weeks, really, including the Devontae Adams matchups, he's been up to snuff, living in the nickel. Uh, the big challenge, I think, with Cater in this game is if he has to step up on the edge and tackle Brian Robinson, who's a big running. Like, that's a big dude at running back. So uh, making sure that you are ready to go and, and be physical and tackle, and not just in a pass defense situation, but Stick your face in the fire. And then those corners got to be ready to step up and get involved in the fit as well, especially if they're going to go with condensed formations. What I would say, one thing for Washington and their offense, uh, they run some stuff that is, I don't want to say air-raid-y, but they like to push the ball. They don't want to do the Dolphins versus the Jets passing game type approach. They're not interested in that style. So. I think even if you don't have Javon Holland, one thing that you will have the opportunity in this game to do is debate Sam Howland the throws. And as long as the safeties maintain the vertical integrity, because that's really what they want to do. And no team allows less explosive plays per game than the Dolphins do. So you feel good about their opportunity to do that. You maintain the vertical integrity, be aggressive on the outside. Uh, And, you know, say what you will about all these guys. For Washington, they're not big wide receivers. You should bully them outside, too. You should bully them at the catch point. But Jahan Dotson's a a notably small guy. So, too, is Curtis Samuel. So, i to play physical on the outside when you get the opportunity to. I want to be able to get hands on. Uh, I want to be aggressive outside. This feels like a pick six spot for the Dolphins if they get a chance to for Sam Howell to throw from a compressed pocket with Jalen Ramsey baiting on the outside. Like I, I could totally see a defensive touchdown in this game and not want to hail Mary, <laughs> even if Javon Allen plays. So that's kind of how I view this game. Uh, we will talk big picture to finish here on this episode of Lockdown Dolphins. We have the whole conference to look at. Uh, the most notable team for Miami that we're all watching right now in the, the standings is the Buffalo Bills they are on a bye this week, but we'll talk about the games that are scheduled to be played up next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Now, I mentioned it already, but uh, I'll be going to FedEx Field. I'm going to this game on Sunday. I don't have a ticket yet and I'm not stressed about it because I've got game time in my corner and game time is obsessed with finding ways to save you money on tickets. But they're also the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase on last minute tickets. The way that they are set up, it's awesome. You can select to have no hidden fees so you know exactly what you're paying up front. It gives you the sight lines from your seat so that you can know exactly what you're going to be looking down on with the field before you buy your ticket takes just a few taps you can get it delivered directly to your phone it's very convenient and they also have a great deal of offerings that allow you a chance to save money take zone deals you can pick a section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18 percent savings game time guarantee means you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So the schedule for week 13 for Miami, there's some games to watch. Uh, Obviously, we've alluded to this already, but the Dolphins' magic number is four to win the ASE East. That's the first box that needs to be checked is winning the East. Your magic number there is four. So if you win, that number becomes three. And then if you win on Monday Night Football against the Titans next week, that number becomes two. And if the Bills lose to the Chiefs in Kansas City next weekend, then that number is one. And then you play at home against the Jets. So, like, that's the the next 11 days, 12 days. uh, You could see the Dolphins really push this thing to, like, the six-inch line. Matchups in the conference. The playoff matchup that's most interesting on the AFC side of the fence is the Denver Broncos, who the Dolphins beat, Dolphins beat a team with a winning record. Yay. Now the conversation can be, well, the Dolphins haven't beaten anybody that's in a playoff spot this season, which is absolutely ridiculous that you're going to move the goalposts like this, but they're doing it. Let them. I don't care. You play the schedule that's in front of you. We just just got done watching the Cowboys uh, beat a Seattle team that is now 6-6, and so you could say, oh, the Cowboys didn't beat a team with a winning record either. Well, somebody's going to win a game when those two teams play on Christmas Eve. I digress. Denver plays in Houston against the Texans. Uh, for playoff perspective Denver's currently the 9 seed at 6 and 5 and the Texans are currently the 8 seed at 6 and 5 The 7 seed very quietly has become the Indianapolis Colts they are also 6 and 5 they're playing the Tennessee Titans Miami's opponent next week uh, that is in Tennessee I, I think the Titans do win that game So I think the winner of the Broncos Texans game is going to climb up into a wild card spot at the end of this weekend You have the New England Patriots facing the Los Angeles Chargers in Foxborough uh, the Chargers, they've really fallen off. They are currently sitting at 4 and 7. Uh, you could stick a fork in that team. I think they're just about done. Uh, Brandon Staley is getting his way out of there. Uh, this would be a huge game for Miami if not for an injury to Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow's, the Joe Burrow lists Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football are visiting Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. This is relevant for Miami because Jacksonville's one of those three lost teams in the AFC conference landscape. I don't expect Jacksonville without Joe Burrow to beat Jacksonville, which is, I don't expect Cincinnati without Joe Burrow to beat Jacksonville, uh, which is a little bit of a bummer because, you know, as Cincinnati kind of came on a little bit, you'd say, hey, this would be a a dangerous team to play if they made the playoffs. But they had games against Jacksonville and Kansas City on the last month of the schedule. So now those teams will play Cincinnati without Burrow and you feel like they're, they're probably wins because Jake Browning's the quarterback there in Cincinnati. So um, that's your upset special. We're pulling for is Cincinnati over Jacksonville, uh, AFC, NFC matchups, Kansas city, Sunday night football. I believe. Yes. Is in green Bay against the Packers. The Packers are kind of hot right now. They're up to five and six. They've won three of their last four games, uh, including the Rams, the chargers. That was 23, 20. And then they, they, kind of kicked Detroit's butt on Thanksgiving. I don't expect Green Bay to win this game, but Green Bay does have some momentum. Their passing game has come alive a little bit. Uh, Kansas City has had their well-documented struggles that were discontinued in the second half against the Raiders last week. Will Kansas City fall into the trap and look ahead to the game against Buffalo next week? I doubt it. But, like, that's that's a game that you're obviously rooting for as well, and that's the matchup that Kansas City has drawn this week. So uh, for teams in front of the Dolphins in the AFC conference standings, Baltimore's on a bye, along with Buffalo is the team that's directly behind you in the AFC East. Kansas City is in Green Bay against the Packers, and the Jaguars are on Monday Night Football uh, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. So the cool thing about that is Miami's going to play their game at 1 o'clock, and then you can settle in, and those are standalone games to watch those two teams in front of Miami and roof them to lose. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Kyle Krabs, I'm out of here. Fins up. Hope to see you in club dub. Let's see if this Dolphins team up to win number nine on Sunday afternoon against the Commanders.